Echo 2, good morning. Nice of you to drop by. Feeling alright, sir? Thought we lost you. Right now, I feel like I can take off this whole podcast myself. Uh, I know what you mean. Ready to send that transmission to Echo Base? Yes, sir. R10, pass through. Hey guys, welcome to another transmission from Hoth, where we'll be discussing the newest episode of The Mandalorian. I'm Echo 2, and with me is... I'm Echo 5. Uh, remember, this Tuesday on the 17th, the holiday special will be released. We're excited to check that out. It's done by LEGO. Uh, we discussed it a little bit last week, but we are excited to, to check this uh, new adventure out. And yeah, a lot better than the that... original. <laughs> Absolutely. And for those that are collectors of the toys, there's going to be some new Black Series. Uh, some of the cool ones that I've, I've been seeing that I'm definitely going to pick up is the Saw's Ventress, Moth Gideon, and a few of the oh, Bad yeah. Batch characters. And there's actually a really cool get the uh, Mandalorian helmet. One for sure. Oh, absolutely. And there's a Mandalorian uh, helmet, uh, a new Black Series Mandalorian helmet that I'm excited to pick up. Uh, nice. If we're going to try and throw some links down below. Uh, we'll, we'll link one of the... One of the sites that I really like to go for, go through, they, they do tons of pre-orders and they tend to get some really good stock. Um, so, a couple cool things from this episode before we get into like the real discussion. Uh, Battlefront 2 star Aiden Versio, the actress Janina Gavinkar, she made a special appearance in the show. Believe it or not, she controlled the second nostril of the Monte Calamari that was featured in the episode. So she got to do a little That's bit funny. of the puppeteer work. Yeah, so she put she posted on uh, yeah. Twitter about it. I love I love uh, how much I love how they're doing real things in these this show. It's absolutely awesome. Oh yeah, the, it's the old school it's style crazy. puppeteering. It's great, man. Absolutely. And this episode was also directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, the daughter of Ron Howard. So no wonder it was a good episode. He usually does a lot of good stuff, and not surprised that it passed passed into his line. All right, so this episode was. Probably by far one of my favorites that I've seen oh, out of yeah. both seasons. Um, I mean, the last episode was really cool, and then we kind of see his ship get completely demolished and starts off right where it left off on the other one. Well, kind of where they left off, but they're kind of like tumbling through space, kind of barely keeping alive. I love that. I love that opening shot, the one that's from the trailer, where he's oh, flying dude. over that planet right before he mm -hmm. uh, gets to Trask, and the ship's just kind of flashing and banging from all the fuses jacked up it's it's really cool yeah like and then just a bunch of pizza pieces are we're just kind of falling off as yeah. he's flying through <laughs> i actually noticed that the, the second or the, sorry the third time that i watched the second episode when he's flying off you just see crap falling off the ship it's really funny and then when he takes oh, yeah. off you'll see another piece flying in space oh yeah that was com that was just comedy <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, like, uh, you know what, uh, I, you know, Mark, that's it was actually the end of the third episode because it was after the Mon Calamari fixed his ship. He was yeah, all yeah, pissed yeah. off and he's flying off, and you see all this stuff falling off the ship. I thought it was funny, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they cut inside to the ship, and you just see, uh, they're all sleeping there, and then it's like, oh crap, 
waking up and it's freaking adorable just seeing uh baby Yoda sit there and wipe his eyes as he wakes up. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting to kind of see like his ship is like completely destroyed and he's like, oh, all right, so we've got to we've got to go in for a landing. Uh, we're probably gonna have to do a manual entry if we don't uh get vaporized in the the atmosphere. And then he pulls uh, the frog lady. He's like, all right, take your hands. I need your hands over here because this needs to stay down. I need to do this stuff over here if we're going to survive. I thought it was a, kind of a cool uh, start to the episode. Yeah, it was nice. I love I love the uh, Mon Calamari uh, with a different type of voice when they first land. And he's just kind of watching them. And then they, they sort of land, land. and they fall into the water. Yeah, he's going to say land. <laughs> sort of land, not really land, but. Then they fall into the water, and then he just kind of not shakes his head like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I kind of liked. I actually kind of really liked that whole sequence because you got them. It's like yeah. Razor Crest, you're coming in hot. You're coming in hot. You need to slow down. I'm doing my best. He's like, I'm "I know, I know, I get it." Jeez. And so they're they're coming down. They're they're crash landing then. Uh, the end of the ship. And so this episode was a little bit different than I expected. I wasn't expecting it to go the way that it was that it went. Yeah. Uh, I was expecting kind of like another side mission that was going to build up something for the story later i I thought i thought the reveal the big reveal of the mandalorians that he meets later was going to happen like at the end of the episode i was was thinking that or maybe like another lead that would take him to another planet and then fourth episode we'd probably get that uh that's one thing i love about these seasons only having eight episodes because you get right into the to the thick of the story real quick Oh, absolutely. And this episode was a lot shorter than the other two. And, but they definitely did a lot to really set up for the rest of the season. You know, I didn't notice that until the second time I watched it. It was like 35 minutes. The other one's 35 like minutes, yeah. The first like episode was like 52. Minutes. second episode yeah. was like 45. And then this one yeah. dropped down to 35. So I'm hoping that they stay at least above 30 minutes. I don't want any more of the 20-minute episode drops because I'd be really disappointed because I want more. <laughs> sure. So it's kind of interesting. So he goes to the bar and uh, orders some soup. He's like, I've noticed every time he goes out to eat, he never eats. And it's because he doesn't want to take his mask off. Yeah. And maybe you're just sitting there playing with the food and this, giant, this little squid just jumps on his face. And Manta's just like, quit playing with your food. Yeah. I love I love seeing the Quarren and the Mon Calamari together because they're, they're the species of Mon Cal- Calamari. I just think it's Mon- funny Mon- that Mon- two of the fish species are the fishermen. Yeah, no, it was good. I just what, think that's it's, comedy. It was cool to see them together because in the Clone Wars, we see that they, they actually fought each other. They were on different sides. They are having a sort of like a civil war on the planet. I mean, it that's was... kind of what happens when the Empire takes over. You have a common enemy. You guys tend to team up. Sure. <laughs> Even yeah, though no, these corn weren't very yeah. nice. No, it was, like, it, was, it, was, it was good. It was good to see the... See together, and it, it, I love the the use of the the real masks. I love the the prosthetics, the puppet looking, or the rubber mask. The the same the style of the originals. It just felt so real. I was I really appreciated it. It was awesome. Oh, absolutely, and yeah, no, like they really did a really well with a lot of the costuming, especially when we get into uh, the Bo-Katan and her crew, and even the Imperials. Oh like gosh. I really I really enjoy it not even just the costuming but like just the whole set design like i know i, they I love, really I love just make it feel like you're there man. i love just seeing it. It, it, it they feel like each episode of the mandalorian so far has felt like a mini movie it's mm-hmm. really good quality 
it's it's i actually like it more than the movies because it has a lot more real stuff like the explosions look real the the costumes look real the the, the, the creatures look real um even in the in the movies they have a lot more cg that looks kind of funny they have cg in this too and it actually looks really good too like the like the massifs in the in the first episode oh yeah the tuscans they look really good like even the crate dragon it, it's pretty like cinematic it's really good oh absolutely um there's just a lot of stuff that they've been doing a lot more in the tv shows that they can't do in the movies and i think with the movies they're a lot more focused on delivering an adventure that can really pull people in but with the tv show they're able to kind of like really focus on minor details and when you when you uh, saw the bar scene when the Moncala bartender connected him with the Corrin, did you think that they were going to be bad guys or did you think they were actually going to take him to his people i actually thought he was going to take him to the people uh, i did too at the, i totally at this, did too at this point i actually was like okay mon calamari bartender seems like a, a nice guy so he's not gonna hook him up with somebody that's gonna take him out for a uh a swim in the ocean with a, with a monster well, it's, but it's just kind of it's funny because the second time I watched it, it was so obvious. I'm like, I can't believe to see this. The guy's like, yeah, I could take to him, but it'll cost you. He's like, oh, 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 like evil laugh. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like obvious yeah. that he's going to screw him over. But the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, these are nice guys. You know, they're going to take him over there. And it totally shocked me. And they're just like, bam, just kick baby Yoda right into the mama core monster. Yeah, they didn't that care was... about the child. They were just like, yeah, like, we want your Biscar armor. That's all. That's all we really care for. Yeah, we oh, tricked you. Yeah, that was that was that was nuts, and then Jarn, they basically knew Jarn was going to jump right in there. All they had to do is get Baby Yoda in there. He's going to follow after him, and then they'll get, they'll kill him and get the best car. Oh, jerks! Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm noticing that's probably like going to be the theme for the season, just getting his armor. But yeah. now they're getting a little bit more into the imperial aspect of it, and so I think the focus will be a little bit more back on the child. I think we might get a little bit more of these pirates trying to still steal his so, armor but so what the heck is going on with the empire right now so this is five years after return of the jedi the empire still around it's just sort of the remnants kind of kind of reminds like... me of of like the timothy zan trilogy when there was still some of the empire kind of strewn about and moff gideon would be like the grand admiral thrawn i guess at this time since there's no uh, Vader emperor honestly what is their deal he, he's not even a grand admiral thrawn he's just kind of a has his own like remnant group because if you remember reading in uh we'll get into this later because we actually have a question on this but uh the if you read aftermath all the imperial leaders gather together on on a planet and they're all trying to discuss what they're going to do mm. and then they have like this mysterious figure on one of the superstar destroyers one of the last ones and the rebels come to rescue wedge if i remember correctly it's been a while since i read it but i just remember that all those Imperial captains, most of them got killed off except for one who made it up to the Super Star Destroyer. And then they're talking about, oh, yeah, we're going to head out into the into the Outer Rim to meet mm -hmm. up with what we now know, that the cloning reason. facility of of the Emperor. And so at this time, it's just a bunch of remnants. I think Moff Gideon just has his own Excellent. little group of remnants, yeah. And I think yeah. he's just doing his own thing. Because he, he's on his own. He's with his own uh, self-interest right at the moment. Sure. So I'm curious of what his actual mission is with the child or what's going on. So that'll be revealed that, a lot, yeah, a lot that's, later. That, it's sort of obvious that there's a, there's a connection with Bo-Katan, obviously, with the Darksaber. He 
took over the uh, the planet Mandalore. He probably led the attack. He's probably responsible for uh, whatever happened there. We haven't seen exactly what happened there. We know they basically jacked up the planet, and um, he probably took the lightsaber or the dark saber and stole it from somebody from the planet. She wants it back, and I think there's going to be some beef there between the two of them. Yeah, so for a lot of you guys that are just jumping into Star Wars, not knowing too much about Clone Wars or Rebels, uh, we'll kind of get you guys up to date. The Darksaber was an ancient and unique black-bladed lightsaber. It's one of a kind. Uh, no one, no other Jedi has ever made it. Uh, it was created by uh, Tar Vizsla. He was the first Mandalorian that was ever brought into the Jedi Order. So jumping ahead a little bit... Uh, that Darksaber was kept in the Jedi Temple after Tarvisa passed away. But mm. the members of of his house stole the saber in a conflict with the Jedi during the fall of the Old Republic. And so the, the Darksaber was passed down generation to generation. And up until what we see in the Clone Wars, Pre-Vizsla shows up with it, I believe, in the third season. Mm. And he he used it to basically lead a group of people called the Death Watch. On the road of Con- Concordia. Concordia, yeah. And so he was the leader of uh, Concordia. Up until... Um, so he pretty much was the first one that we see in Star Wars that had the, the lightsaber. So this is kind of the history of it. So Tar Vizsla had it. Then the Jedi kept it. House Vizsla came and took it. Then Pre Vizsla is the one that has it. And then Darth Maul kills him for it. Or he didn't yeah, after they, he, after, they took over, to... after they took over Mandalore, right? Yeah, Dark and so in, showed up. Yeah, and so they they were challenged to a duel, and Previsla accepted because that was the Mandalore way. Mm-hmm. And so Darth Maul kills him. Darth Maul becomes the new leader of Mandalore, and then sometime down the line, Maul in Rebels still has it after he goes into hiding after uh, Order sixty six. He hands it off to Ezra who gives it to Sabine Wren, who's another Mandalorian. Then, as we go into Rebels, she hands it off to Bo-Katan, because she recognizes her from Clan Kreese, which is the rightful heir to Mandalore. And so she saw her more fit as a leader than for her own family to run it. And so Bo-Katan is the last one that we see with it in Rebels. And then now we see it, Mandalore, Moff Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. So there's Did obviously you... some story gap missing there that we're going to learn. Absolutely. And I'm pretty sure uh, they get it because during the Empire, I'm sure once Mandalore started having those little uh, wars and stuff, uh, Empire's like, no, we're not going to have this. And so Moff Gideon, I'm assuming, we're all assuming right now, don't, don't, don't take the yeah, tour as uh, actual canon. We're assuming Muff Gideon led the attack there and t- uh, took it from them, and that's why he has it. Yeah. And so now we see Bo-Katan, and she wants that saber back. And it's kind of interesting because, like, uh, she. So we have Mando. We have Mando. He's just chilling in the the water, and then we see her. Uh, I think it was Cusker Reeves and Axe Wolves just show up and and save him. And so I just thought it was cool because like uh, as soon as he gets out of the water, the first thing what's the first thing they did? They took their masks off, and I thought that was just funny. Yeah, he was like, "What the heck? You guys aren't Mandalorians? 
that's what I thought was so funny. That was got to that'd be one of the funniest moments when he's like, "You guys aren't true Mandalorians. You took the mask off." It's like, dude, this is the heir to freaking Mandalore right here, man. <laughs> She's like, "Uh, correction, I was actually born on Mandalore." She's like, "This this uh, armor's been with me for generations, three generations, precise. I'm part of Clan Kreese. You should know that name." Instead, yeah. she turns around and she's like, uh, he's one of the children of the Watch. And so, as we kind of mentioned earlier, Pre Vizsla, who was the leader of the Death Watch, um, the Death Watch were essentially a group of Mandalor- Mandalorians. Mandalorians used to be a warrior race. They were proud, strong warriors. And that's why they were uh, they had that big conflict with the Jedi, because they were actually, they saw the Jedi as a challenge. And I know in the Legends, I don't know if they brought it into the new canon, but that was the reason why the Mandalorians fought the Jedi to begin with, is because they saw them as a challenge. Mm-hmm. Not that they were doing anything wrong, not that the Jedi were their enemy. They just wanted a challenge because they wanted to test their skills of warrior, they were, they warrior were combat. Warmongers. They were warmongers yeah, back in the day. Pretty much. And so by the time we get to Clone Wars, we see that Mandalore becomes a pacifist uh, society. And so that's where Pre Vizsla is like, oh, no, we lost our ways. Uh, uh, they're uh, blah, blah. Duchess, Duchess Satine, she changed the ways and made it a peaceful, a sovereign, mm-hmm. a sovereign planet, which wasn't yeah, the way of Mandalore. Yeah, and Pre Vizsla saw themselves as uh, strong, feared warriors. Yeah. And that they lost a lot of their identity through... He's, he- He's totally my favorite. Oh, Hold dude, I love, I love uh, Previsla. And, which is actually funny, because John Favreau actually is the one that's uh, basically in charge of the Mandalorian. And, and he voiced him. <laughs> and he voiced Previsla, the leader which is of Death cool. Watch. He also, he also voiced Paz Vizsla in um, The Mandalorian Season 1. Oh, that's true, he did. So I thought it was kind of cool connection that Favreau voiced both Vizsla characters that we've mm-hmm. seen so far. I thought that was pretty it's- fitting. And so my speculation is that Mando's group is is a remnant of Death Watch, that Death Watch still survives. And I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. because of John Favreau. Since he played Pre Vizsla, of course he's going to tie it in somehow. Yeah, you know what? You're totally right, Mark, because on the flashback scenes, when they rescue uh, Jajaran as a child, you actually see the Death Watch logo on their armor, on one of their shoulders. Oh. You'll see one coming in. and So it's totally the Death Watch, Death Watch. That rescues him. Oh, dude, I never noticed that. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. I'm gonna have to go back and check that out. Yeah, uh, I, I never paid attention to that. Um, and so it's just really cool that we get to see a lot of like these Clone Wars references and just like so for you guys that are just jumping into Star Wars, that's just a little bit of history on Death Watch. And Bo Katan herself, she was actually part of uh, Death Watch. Um, yeah. uh, what was her like? Uh, so but she was part of she was at the beginning of it or I, I'm a little iffy on her part I just know most of her role as she turned from and her taking over Mandalore and Rebels yeah she you're talking about from Clone Wars yeah her Bogotan? start in Clone Wars and her, well, she, her was, she was part of the watch. yeah well, she was she was part of the Death Watch basically and when uh, they basically joined with uh, the Huts and and uh, uh, Black Sun and created that they, whole little crime syndicate. Yeah, they yeah the, the Pike Syndicate joined with them. They all kind of joined crime crime syndicates together, and they took over but Mandalore. Most, most of that didn't happen until I think after Maul took over, though. 
Maul was the one well, that really reunited all that, wasn't it? Or was yeah, it, did well, that Maul, happen before? The, the, Maul at this point was working with them. And then oh, that's right. That's right. Remember, he came up with Pre Vizsla. Well, Pre Vizsla basically screwed him over and made him. Pre Vizsla acted as the hero and made Maul look like the monster who actually took over Mandalore to gain the respect oh, and have right. the people follow him. So Maul was a prisoner along with Savage. Um, and uh, basically, uh, Darth Maul ended up challenging him to a duel after he got out. And he became leader of the Death Watch. And then Bo Katan was like, no, uh, you're not. You're not Mandalorian. I'm not following you. And Especially because he killed her sister, Duchess Satine. Yeah, he killed, yeah, he killed Duchess Satine. It, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah man, there's so, there's that, so much history in the Clone Wars. I need to rewatch it. It's easy to forget all this stuff. It's so, it's so good, dude. Oh, absolutely. Um, man, so that was like another reason why she was pissed at him. <laughs> yeah, that was actually a really good scene, like the music and everything. I actually just watched that not too long ago when uh, Maul's basically – it, it kind of reminded me of – let's say like in Gladiator, you have the scene where you have – the general, the trusted general, and mm-hmm. the um, once the the uh, the son of the king become or the son of the emperor becomes emperor when the emperor dies, um, he's basically turning everybody gets. He's like, all right, kill him. I'm the emperor now, and they kind of have to do it. And that's kind of like Bo Katan when Darth Maul became the leader. She's like, I'm not following you. And then Darth Maul's like, go kill her, take her out. I'm the, I'm the I'm the the leader now. And you could tell if people were like, crap, I don't want to do this, but I have to. He's the leader. And there was a couple followers with Bo-Katan, and they all kind of flew out the window, and they took off. And uh, they end up, uh, yeah, they end up getting in, in prison, and later uh, she gets out, and then the whole Rebel story happens, which you're a lot more familiar with Rebels. And, yeah, and so that's kind of where the Darksaber comes in, into play, like, during the whole Rebels uh, series, because they ended up going back to Mandalore, because Ezra gives the Darksaber back to Sabine. Yeah. And so it kind of like reunites her with her clan because she was kind of looked down upon. And so you kind of left her. her right. uh, I, I remember that. She because she created, yeah, because yeah, she created a uh, machine that would be able to kill her own people, would be able to pierce Mandalorian armor. And mm-hmm. so she became kind of her own exile. So once she gets the saber, she's like, okay, I got to return this back. And so they get down there they find out her, I think it was her mom that was captured. And so they go to rescue her mom, and Bo-Katan teams up with them to kind of help. And so Bo-Katan started off with the whole warrior idea of the heritage of Mandalorian. They kind of like change her ways a little bit. And so, yeah, and then do that whole they thing. Kind of go back to, they, they kind of go back to, right, having the leader of Mandalore having the Black Saber becomes a general thing. Yeah. And that was the whole thing. It's like, she's like, oh, because I think Sabine recognized it and knew the history of it. And so, yeah. So she headed back to Mandalore to rule it, but Boat Katan shows up and she's like, "Oh no!" It's like you're you're far worthy to to hold this than I am. You're part of Clan Kree's, and Dang. and so ends up by the end of that whole story arc, she gives the dark saber to Boat Katan, and Boat Katan takes takes the leadership of Mandalore, and and then which is Sabine why the episode's ends, called the Heiress because <laughs> she's the heir to the throne. And so Sabine stays back, and that whole season, oh my gosh, that whole season of Rebels. If you guys haven't seen Rebels, go take it. Was that the fourth season? That was the fourth season, yeah, because uh, yeah, Sabine stays Rebels. on Mandalore. I've watched Rebels all the way through once, yeah. so you're kind of refreshing my memory as you're talking about this. I, it makes me want to go back and watch it. Yeah, and so Sabine stays on Mandalore, and and then the events of season four happen. She comes and helps, and Bukatan makes an entrance. And so now we get to see Bo-Katan again here in The Mandalorian because she's looking for that Darksaber that Moff Gideon has. 
And so that comes to like the whole premise of the this whole episode is they're attacking an Imperial freighter. And cool fun fact on that is that Imperial freighter first appeared in Rebels. And so this is the first time that we see it live action. <laughs> that's that's what's that's what's so cool about this show in particular is we're seeing Dave Filoni's universe meshed with Lucas's universe. It's just, it's so cool to see these animated versions of characters that weren't actually in the movies come to real life. And then you just mess with Lucas's creation. It's it's really well, cool to see the Lucas whole... Lucas actually didn't really have much of a, a say on Rebels. Most of his yeah. stuff was Clone Wars. Disney, I think well, Disney I, had control of Rebels. I, I meant regarding just like some of the animated stuff. Like oh, Wars, yeah, yeah. Like Bo-Katan was a Clone Wars character originally. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rebels, you're right, you're then, right, yeah. And then it's, it's just cool to see this stuff, man. Like, it's it's awesome. I, seeing it's uh, Ahsoka Tano and then whatever episode she shows up in later is going to be insane. Oh, absolutely. I, I really hope they don't screw her up. <laughs> Just like I really liked how they, like, this whole episode actually kind of felt like it, Clone Wars. Like, when the Mandalorians show up, Bo-Katana and her crew, they show up, they're, like, fighting so agile. Like, the, what is it, uh, Reeves, she she jumps up, has her yeah. jetpack working, does, like, a little spin kick, and then lands. That was awesome. Yeah, when, uh, when they were rescuing the Jaren. Like, the whole afraid, choreography. Ship, ship boat thing. And then Mando's like, uh, yeah, it's like, you guys are Mandalorian. So he takes off and then he's walking down an alley. It's like, oh, you killed my brother. And then it's like, oh, actually, no, we did. And they just show up. He's like, what? And then ruthless. They just pull out their guns and start shooting like a, a, a oh, massacre yeah. in that I alley. That scene. He that didn't scene kill was... your brother. I did. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. That was so Just good. lights up that whole alleyway. And Mando's like, uh, all right. He's like, all right, let's go get a drink. Bit. Yeah, let's go for a drink and we'll talk. And so then they recruit him for a heist. It wasn't it wasn't it cool to see uh, Katie Sackoff as Bo-Katan being the voice for Bo-Katan for Clone Wars and Rebels. It's just that's cool what I really liked about actress. it. It was awesome. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people they're talking about like her hair and they're like, oh, it looked it looked really weird. It looked like it was it was off. It's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it worked. I thought it worked. But I, I thought it worked it's just, because they're trying to mimic so, the animated. Well, we're so used to the animated character, but I, I yeah. thought it was really it was really appropriate that they used the actress because the actress is a good actress. You could play. And she looks like her. And she, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was awesome. I I don't think it could have been any better. I, I was completely happy with it. This this oh, episode, I, man. <laughs> oh yeah, this episode was insane. And so, what did you think of the whole heist? I thought like their whole introduction, like. I th- actually thought like one of the pieces on their armor was pretty dope. It was the their uh their little assassin blade that came yeah. out. F- yeah, like their, they uh, kind of had that reverse wrist. dagger style too. Like when she was like stabbing, it, it was really cool. I like the stormtroopers again. Just seeing them in this show in general is really cool. But I like seeing them all flying with their jetpacks and the the choreography, the the use of uh, how how Jaren did the whole. Um, the whole bravery thing when he's like, all right, guys, I got this. Actually, my, cover. my my favorite, I think my favorite was though when they were the, uh, they're like, okay, we're, uh, we're in the cargo hold. And the guy's like, okay, yeah. He's like, wait, where? And then, <laughs> or they're, they're in the cargo hold. And then, and then, and he's like, bam, they all go flying out the, out oh the back. Gosh, it just shows how stupid the Imperials are. <laughs> it was, it was, Vader yeah. would be so disappointed. I, I did feel really bad though for those two pilots when Moff Gideon's like, you know what to do. Long live the Empire. And then those guys, the guy just looked freaking terrified. And just like, bam, just kills him. That was messed up. <laughs> it's like, nope. Yeah, you, you, know, you know what was going down after that. Yeah, I just, I felt bad for him. But it was, it was, 
it was awesome. I mean, I don't know what to say about it, but the choreography, the, the just the, the fighting, it was great. I love how, again, I love how real it all looks. It's so, oh. um, I don't know. It's really, it's, it's I just... love how, like, well, one thing I loved about Empire was when they shoot the stormtroopers, you'll see it kind of glowing in their chest and you'll see like sparks or smoke. And, and they're using that a lot in the show. This, that yeah. effect in their armor when they get shot with, with bolts, with laser bolts. It's just really cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, was, the first thing they do is take the blade and just like stab that one stormtrooper a couple times right in the throat. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then they're like, oh, it's the pirates again. I think they're on board. And then on the front of the, the windshield, the you, see this trooper, you see this trooper just land on the, on the, the windshield and just like flies off. They're just like, <laughs> what the heck is going on out over there? He's like, the we're being attacked by like, pirates. And they're like, he's like, is this, are these the same pirates that have attacked our other vessels? I think so. How many are there? I think there's at least 10 of them. <laughs> it's actually four. <laughs> but they, they fight so efficiently, right? That's one of the things I like is that they really go into how fierce Mandalorians are, especially like real yeah. Mandalorians. Well, and... it makes me – sorry, go ahead. I'm interrupting you. No, no, no. No, you're fine. Uh, it just kind of shows that Bo-Katan still holds on to the warrior ways. Like she was trained as a warrior. Yeah. and she's... Yeah, no, they – they they did a good job at her just being a badass. Like, she she totally sold me. Oh yeah. So I'm really glad that they brought her into because it's gonna add a lot more depth to the whole story of the show. Well, seeing seeing all the choreography um, in in the show, just the fighting, makes me really pumped to see if hopefully she gets the black saber. I want to see a lightsaber fight in one of these Mandalorian shows. I want to see Ahsoka with her white lightsabers fighting either. If it's going to be Moff Gideon or Bogotan, whoever, I want to see the black saber versus the two white lightsabers. I think yeah, that that was yeah that was one of my theories. Is like I think that's how the season's going to end. I think because uh, after they they take over the ship, like Mando's like completely confused. He thought they're just yeah going there like and it. grab he's a like, couple that stuff. That wasn't part of the deal. They're like, oh yeah, we're taking we're taking the whole ship, and they're like, what? And she's like, make some tea. We'll be up soon. And Mando's this is like, the hey. Way. The, <laughs> that was that was that wasn't part of the deal. That wasn't part of the deal. And then she mocks him with by saying, "This is the way." And he's like, "Because she was part of the Death Watch, right?" Mm-hmm. Like she's she's kind of mocking him because she knows she's been there. Yeah, she's been a part of his clan. And so then the ship is going down. I just thought it was really cool how they're going up to the bridge. They're just trying to rush to it. They're like, "Oh my gosh, the ship's going down. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it." And she's like, "No, nah, oh, we're going to do it." Oh yeah, that was really cool. I thought that whole sequence was pretty cool. That was great. And, and then she runs once... in and grabs the commander. Where's the dark saber? <laughs> that was good. Even, even if I knew where it was, blah blah blah. And then she's like, uh, she's like, it, let, let me know where it's at, and I won't kill you. And he's like, no, but he will kill me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then they take control of the ship, and then they turn around. It's okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll give you the part of we'll we'll fulfill our end of the bargain. Um, you're gonna go see. You're gonna go seek out uh, Ahsoka Tano, which I, th- I started freaking out when I heard that. That was nuts. And yeah, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You're gonna find her on the Foundlings. Uh, uh, take the Foundling to the city of Kaladin on the forest planet of Corvus. Is Corvus a planet we've seen before? I don't think so. Oh, it might not in the movies or the shows. Um, no, we haven't. We haven't seen it at all. Not yet. It's a. It's a new planet. Um, the first time I heard the name Corvus, I think, was Vidor Immortal, but it was a character's name, Corvus, on, on uh, Mustafar. 
And so now that we know Ahsoka's in it, that was, that's where my theory was going, was I I have a feeling that we're going to see Ahsoka Tano fight Moff Gideon with that, yeah. with that lightsaber. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to see. The two white lightsabers versus the black lightsaber. That'd be freaking cool to see a the lightsaber done on a oh. on a on an actual like TV show, rather than. Well, movie. that's what I'm saying. Like looking at these fights, the way they're done and how good they look. Think about how good a lightsaber fight would look. The two with fighting with two. I hope. Uh, I hope they train uh, Rosaria Dawson well, man. <laughs> Get her on board. If if, if, if done, the rumors are correct. Scenes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If and... the rumors are correct, right? Yeah. Is it so? Is that not even confirmed that Rosaria Dawson's playing the character? I I don't know. I could have missed it, and they confirmed it. But so far, every other rumor has been true with everybody that's appeared so far. Well, you know what's funny is, um, I thought that rumor was stronger than Katie Sackhoff returning as Bo-Katan. That's when true. I, when I saw her, that kind of surprised me because I knew it was a rumor, but I didn't hear much about it as much as the Rosario Dawson rumor playing as Sogatano. And I saw yeah. her, and I was like, holy crap, we're definitely seeing a Sogatano if we're seeing her. And we might see Satine. Well, or not Satine, Sabine. I would assume Sabine, because, again, it's going back into, like, the whole Rebels timeline. Like, if anybody yeah. that's familiar with it, and even for those that aren't familiar with it, at the end of Rebels, uh, spoiler alert for you guys that are going to go back and watch it, but uh, Ezra is on one of the Imperial ships with uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, and there's this hyperspace well that is surrounding them. Ezra has a way to commune with uh, creatures through the forest and be able to connect with them. And so he uses them to pull them into hyperspace and nobody knows where they went. Yeah. And so at the end of Rebels, Sabine and Ahsoka, they're standing in front of a mural and right after the the second Death Star is destroyed. And Sabine's like, it's time for us to go look for Ezra. And so from the end of Return of the Jedi up until I don't know when... But I assume that they're still on the search for Ezra at this point. And so if Ahsoka's in it, I'm... Then there's I'm, uh, Sabine Rand. I'm, I'm expecting to see Sabine. Yeah. So, so for what you're going at, Ezra could even show up. Uh, I don't think he'll show <laughs> that'd be I, That'd be such like a... It'd be a real curveball. And it would it I might mess... I, I don't know. I, I think that could happen in the future. I don't think it'll happen in this line. But the possibility's there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, he's going to show up this season. But uh, Rahul Kohli, yeah, he's a British actor. He's been teasing on his Twitter, saying, "Oh, I'm getting, I'm starting to work out. I'm trying to get into that Ezra Bridger kind of shape." And a lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, he's going to play Ezra! Like he looks like he could play him." And then he had to dispel the, he had to dispel it because I mean, even if it, just talk about even if it was true, <laughs> yeah. And even if it is true, he kind of let, let a spoiler, so he can't really reveal it anyway. So he's like, oh, well, guys, I'm sorry. I was just I was just kidding. It's, I'm just a fan of the show, blah, blah, blah. And he's he's done a couple other teasing things that are getting people really suspicious, trying to find out if he's just trying to throw us off the the trail or or if he's well, actually not playing the character. I don't know. The, the cool thing about this timeline is anything is possible at this point. You could even have somehow a cameo of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Leia, Chewie, like all these characters are out there right now. Pretty much, yeah. Like a, you might even see a baby, uh, well, I guess Kylo Ren was, what, 29? Yeah, and so he's like five or, wait, no, 29, so this five years, so he's, he's like yeah. four, three or four at this point? Yeah, so he's a, that would be hilarious if we saw baby, baby Ben. Baby uh, Kylo Ren. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we, baby Ben we should, Solo. 
Baby Ben Solo. Oh, we should you kill him ease, all. Hey, you know you could see Chewie. That would be an easy cameo to do. Oh, easy. Easy. 3PO, R2. You could have, you could have you, yeah, you could have, like, 3PO, R2, and uh, Chewbacca just watching over Ben Solo as a child. What about Rex? You think, I, I know we're not playing this, but what if they have Rex, man? I'm I'm expecting him to be dead by this point because of his accelerated uh, uh, aging. Oh, yeah. Like well, even he was, ra- in, the ba- even he was re- in the battle. Return- he was in the battle of Endor, which was just he, five years before. Which is true, but they age faster. Five years could be a huge, huge play. And sure. uh, I, I'm actually thinking Return of the Jedi was pushing it for for his lifeline. Yeah. Like he's I, an old I, 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 at that point. yeah, because he's pretty old in Rebels, and by the by the uh, Return of the Jedi, I'd imagine he's on his way out. Like he's barely, yeah. uh, he's on his last like fighting breath. Which sort of confirms that that was Boba Fett at the end of the first episode because oh absolutely he looks he's the rightful age and just all the connections yeah which I think that could be it and so um, Ahsoka Tano how cool would it be or do you think it'd be awkward you tell me if it is played by so if she is played by Rosario Dawson but actually voiced by Ashley Eckstein sort of like in Solo how we had Ray Park play Darth Maul. But Sam Witwer still voiced him. Well, I, w- I would be saying that uh, Rosario Dawson is a little bit of a bigger actor. That I think they wouldn't do that to her. Okay. Um, as much as I love Ashley, I think it'd be cool. Still, I think it would be cool. I think it'd be cool. I know she's older though, so Rosario Dawson's real voice would probably still be appropriate. Yeah. But Ashley Eckstein, Ashley Eckstein playing or voicing Ahsoka would be really, really cool. Oh, absolutely! Really just because awesome. that's what, just being like a fan of the Clone Wars, like like knowing Ahsoka all through the Clone Wars and into Rebels up in this point, her her voice is like very uh, ingrained into my thoughts of Ahsoka. So whenever I think of Ahsoka, I can hear her voice immediately right now. Well, it'd so be, it's, it'd, it'd be, be weird cool to, to kind of see, see. It'd be cool to hear more of her thoughts on on the whole thing with Anakin and Vader. And, like, yeah, I'm not sure how um, much. I'm not sure how much history we're going to get on her thoughts. Just a couple mentions just somehow yeah. in their conversations or however they. I think it'd be really cool. I, I, I do think it'd be really cool. I would like to hear more of how Anakin dying and then her finding out that he's Vader. And kind of, I mean, we kind of get that in uh rebels. We, we do, we totally do, but it would get, it'd be really cool to get like a personal uh, conversation. On his redemption, and yeah. just kind of mentions it like Vader. Vader was redeemed by his son Luke Skywalker. I would like to see her thoughts on Luke, yeah. and what's going on there. If she's she met with meet, him, or if she's she can meet Luke Skywalker, or if she's just kind of stayed on the sidelines and hasn't even come back yet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. So he's gonna be bringing the child over to her, and it's gonna be a lot of crazy stuff going on there. So do you think this next episode on your predictions, do you think we'll meet Ahsoka on episode four? Or do you think they'll hold off? No, I know it be, it's, it's already going to be another side mission because uh, Cara Dune and Greek Cargo uh, are going to be showing up. Sure. For, so it's going to be another you think, side. You think, you think that'll I don't be think first? Do you think they'll have, or do you think they'll have the Ahsoka stuff and then the whole Greek Cargo? I don't think he can make the, the attempt there yet because his ship is still like really destroyed. Like He got to the Mon Calamari and he's like, I gave you a thousand credits. This is the best you could do. And his ship was still, still in a pretty much a piece of junk. Well, the question point. is, how far away is he from Navarro, where supposedly Cara Dune and Grief Cargar, um, 
Uh, I don't know, but uh, I just know Dave Filoni is going to be doing the fifth episode, so it would make okay. more sense for her to show up in, in a Dave in Filoni the fifth episode. Yeah, you're it's right. It's one done by Dave Filoni. I was just uh, wondering. I was wondering if they're going to use that as the climax of the episode, or if Ahsoka will be a part of the season shortly, have an awesome cameo, and then they move on and then Bo-Katan, and they all, they all kind of reunite with Nakara Dune, and they all kind of have a fight against Moff Gideon, or if Ahsoka will be a part of it. I'm really curious to see who's all together. Oh, absolutely! I really hope they're all together, including Ahsoka. Oh yeah. Or what if what if she pulls a Luke and a Yoda, and stay or an Obi Wan and stays kind of isolated, doesn't really want much to do with what's on the outside. I mean, and we already they, know that she doesn't because. Yeah. Well, what if they go I, I, on with the mission and then she has an epic? I feel like if they haven't found Ezra at this point, I I feel like her her commitment's there. So, I don't think the child's going to be left with her. Because that'd be the, pretty much the whole point of him so, going to Ahsoka. Do you think it'll be sort of like uh, like a Luke thing where she, they'll, they'll, meet, they'll, they'll meet her, they'll talk with her, she won't budge She'll be like, really. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a Jedi, so... And then he's going to ha- kind of have to move on. Yeah. And, and then then I, I guarantee Bo-Katan for sure and, and, and the rest of the party at... Uh, Axe Wolves, Costa Reeves, and whoever else they have, I feel like might actually reunite at the end of the show. Of this, oh yeah, I'm expecting season. to. See, I'm expecting to see Bo-Katan and her crew uh, again, which is fine because she's, she's perfectly cool. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, she's awesome. I'm expecting that we will see Ahsoka at least twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how much Dave Filoni really wants to pull her character into this. I, mean, I think I think but, I think it's a good prediction, though. Uh, Mark, oh, absolutely. I think, uh, I think episode five will be our episode with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and then I, I'm hearing I'm hearing Jar Jar Binks is supposed to be in here somehow. I'm at best at it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I wouldn't be upset about that. But we he do know that at this up, point. Man. But at this point, we do know that Jar Jar is a hated uh, person in all the galaxy because they well, recognize they're, they're him go... as giving emergency powers to Palpatine. That's what I'm saying. What that would be hilarious if they go to Naboo and they see him as a street clown and he's sitting there juggling. <laughs> Like an aftermath. Oh, he was. Oh man. And everybody's treating. Him. And I, I wouldn't want to see that because Jar Jar gets a lot of hate. And if we see him on screen being treated terribly, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'd have pity for him. Well, I'd what if like, they? What if they? What if they redeem him? What if they? I'm not they sure the timeline kind of, of after. I'm not sure the timeline of aftermath. The the book series. So I'm not exactly sure how far along that is. Because if it happened, because if Jar Jar's cameo in aftermath is after the Mandalorian. And it wouldn't make much sense for him to be redeemed at that point because then he's still treated terribly. Yeah. So I'd have to look at the timeline to see if it would work or not. But that would be cool to see him get some kind of redemption. Some. But do you do you think they'll have any um, references in the show in the future about first order or resistance scenes of those, or um, do you think they'll just kind of wipe those out completely? I think it's heavily focused on the Empire at this point. There might mm-hmm. be. There might be some. Indications, some hints, maybe some Easter eggs for the future yeah. of what's going to happen in the in what twenty five years at the, from this point. But but I don't think that I don't even think Moff Gideon knows too much about it. I think he's he has something to do with the child, and I'm not exactly sure what what's going to be happening there. That's kind of so. I mean, so it gives us like a lot of speculation of what's going on, but it's but it's, we're not going to know much until the next couple of episodes, so I'm really excited for those. Oh, uh, there's it's a lot really, to look forward to. 
So it's just kind of fitting that they just kind of show him in his beat up shit, just traveling to the next well, point. At this at this point, uh, we've seen the trailer. We've seen the trailers for Mandalorian season two. What have they not shown that we've seen in the trailers? Can you think of anything off the top of your head? Uh, the speeder bike uh, chase. So that's oh yes, and and the scenes with Cara Dune. Yeah. And uh, grief cargo when they're they're all to, when they're together with Amanda. which I'm assuming is probably gonna be the, either the next episode, mm-hmm. or it might be episode six or seven. That's but right. We'll I forgot see. about the speeder chase with the scout trooper. I mean, that looks that, that's gonna be good. When I saw the trailer, that was one of the the scenes that got me really excited for the season. It's like, oh okay. man, I'm, I'm really excited to see that little uh, chase scene on the speeder bikes. Well, so so far uh, this season, I've enjoyed even more than the first season. Oh, Even the absolutely. second episode, I've heard some flack on the second episode. I thought it was okay the first time I saw it, but I've seen it three times now, and I've enjoyed it more and more. I I really like those X-wing pilots. They're they're awesome. Yeah, I like that. They were really that, cool. The fight in the clouds, like the first episode, the whole western feel, and then this episode is just like the icing on the cake. I, I'm really loving the season so far. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, lot to look forward to. A lot more discussion to go on. Absolutely. Um. So before we end our discussion for tonight, we are actually going to be starting a little question section for our uh, for our uh, our transmissions. Um, so we're going to check the holonet now for any messages from you guys, uh, which we have a couple. Uh, the first one that's popping up is Justin Wilner from Instagram. Uh, he he asks us, who's the head of command for the Empire in Mandalorian since the Empire has fallen? So we kind of discussed it a little bit. Uh, we want to say Moff Gideon, just because he's kind of like the focus of Mandalorian. He's the he's the leader of the Remnant group that we see, as far as I know. But there's several different Remnant uh, factions. And what was that guy, the... Oh, what's his name? The guy from the first season that gave him the mission to begin with. Did he? I don't remember. Did he die? He or? Didn't, uh, no, he didn't die. As okay, far as so I know, I'm he, if, yeah, if he was. He you, you saw him on the back streets. You saw him on the back streets, kind of have a conversation with the the scientist guy. That's right. And so, so I'm wondering if he's the one that's in command, or if it's Moff Gideon. I'm pretty sure Moff Gideon's above him for sure, because I'm sure he's some sort of admiral or ex admiral, and Moff Gideon's obviously a Moff. So I'm just thinking of he's like the he'd be like a Tarkin. The question is, is there like uh, there's obviously no Vader or Emperor figure out there as far as we know. Yeah. At this point, we don't actually know a lot of the history between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Mm, just what we get from Aftermath. And we can exactly, already discuss yeah. what, what we know from that Yeah. and how it connects to this at this point. Sure. Um, so that's our take on it. Uh, hopefully we give you a good answer. Hopefully. Hopefully you listen to the whole podcast, and, or if not, you have to scrub a little backwards and see if you can find it. But I recommend listen to our whole whole thing. We got some good discussion here. Yeah. Uh, the next question that we see on the Holonet is from Jaboy Leo. Uh, he asked us favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, by far cool. for me, Empire. I'm gonna have to say Return of the Jedi right now. It it depends on my mood. Yeah, I was gonna say it changes a lot. Oh my god! Right now, I like the Jedi because I, I just love the the climax lightsaber fight between uh, Vader and Luke. My one of my favorite scenes in the entire uh, Star Wars saga, the entire uh, Skywalker saga, is 
when uh, Luke's hiding from Vader and he won't fight him. And yeah. Vader just starts, Vader senses his thoughts and says, you know, sister, so you have a twin sister, you know, feelings, you know, have now betrayed her too. And if you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. And never, and he gets up and starts fighting her and they got this awesome uh, climax, John Williams score and he's fighting and he's like fighting for family, fighting for good. It's just the emotions that scene is just absolutely powerful. And then of yeah. course, the space battle in Return of the Jedi is my favorite space battle. Love that space battle. Oh yeah, I forgot How about that. How they be jamming one. us if they don't know that we're coming? She raised a lot of good points. I was actually, I really like those parts in the the film. Yeah, there's just a lot of good scenes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, my buddy was asking me the other day because he's looking for a new art project. He's like, "Oh, what's your favorite scene in Star Wars?" And I gave him the the Bespin fight between Luke and Vader. And then the other one oh, was yeah. the battle between Luke and Vader and Return of the Jedi. Both scenes I thought were yeah. just magnificent. So, yeah. so Gosh, that's go. a hard question. Favorite? You said favorite scene in a Star Wars movie? No, no, no. no. Uh, it's, I'm just talking like why I like those two films. Oh, okay. I thought someone asked what's your favorite scene. That'd be a good no, one. No, my gosh. No, no, that is a question, but we'll we'll get that on our next one. Cool. Um, so that's it for tonight, guys. So be sure to follow us on all of our social media. Links are down below in the description. Also, with the holidays coming around, we have some cool merch for you guys to check out. Some awesome shirts that you can wear to show your love for Star Wars. So be sure to take a look at the bottom. Give us, uh, be sure to subscribe to us so you don't miss a uh, one of our transmissions. And we look forward to discussing the next episode of The Mandalorian. Um, Echo two out. Echo five out. May the force May be with you, everybody. Always. <laughs>